Hey guys, Barney here. I just want to take a quick moment to talk about the program that brings The Big Top to life, Zencaster. I use Zencaster for all my recordings, and since taking over The Big Top fully, I have actually tried other systems, but I ended up sticking with Zencaster. It's so easy to use. You don't have to download anything, just log in using your browser and start recording a high-quality podcast right away. It records studio-quality sound and up to 4K video with guests, along with a full suite of professional tools that let you produce and publish all from one dashboard. Being a creator has genuinely never been easier. And I love that I can send a simple link to my guests and we can record over a video call wherever they are in the world. Also, if you're like me and cannot stand the sound of your voice, Zencaster's built-in post-production process makes such a difference. It automatically removes ums and ahs, awkward pauses, reduces background noise, and makes me sound so much better. Plus, the hobbyist and Creator Plus accounts are always free to use, and their professional accounts are free to try for 14 days, no credit card required. Go to Zencaster.com forward slash pricing and use my code BIGTOP, and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. I want you to have the same easy experiences I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. Hi there. Have you ever stubbed your toe on someone else's toe? Because I have. And welcome to The Big Top. I am your host, Barney, and I bet you thought you'd seen the last of me. In the spirit of the holidays, I decided to put out a bonus episode to tie us over until we return, and since I can't reasonably interview myself in any sane or unchaotic way, this episode is instead taken from my appearance over on Newsy Snook, which I sort of think of as the backdoor pilot for what would become The Big Top. If you get the chance to rate and review this podcast, please also go and do the same for Newsy's Nook. His is a really fantastic and far more professional endeavor than what I do here. So I'll shut up now and hand over to Newsy as we go under the big top. Hello, 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 and welcome to Newsy's Nook, a podcast where you can sit and relax while I try not to wet my pants. I am your host, Newsy Baby. How was your weekend? Did you do anything fun? I had a fun weekend. I went to what I thought was going to be a silent disco party. If you don't know what silent disco parties are, they're basically you go to this area like a club or sometimes they have like them on piers, which I think is kind of cool. And they hand out headphones, and basically you hear what the DJ is mixing, but there's no speakers. You just hear it in the headphones. So I thought it was going to be disco music because the gay club we went to kind of has that like old 80s, 70s vibe to it. So I was like, oh, it's going to be disco. So we go to dinner. We have a nice dinner, my boyfriend and I, and then we get to the club early so I didn't have to pay a cover because she's cheap. And when the DJ finally arrived and they were handing out headphones – I put the headphones on and I was like, oh, this is just top 40 music. This is just pop music, which was like still fun. He had like really good remixes. I thought it was like a good flow, a good set. But I was just kind of like, ah, I wanted disco music. Uh, I, I didn't go padded, unfortunately, which was problematic because I basically waited in line for the bathroom like every three songs. But I did wear diapers the next day because I was hung over as fuck So I was hydrating the whole time the next day because I was just so hungover. 
my one wish soon is to go to a diaper rave or like a diaper dance party. Maybe I'll get my wish at EDC. I know a few diaper boys that are going. If you're going to EDC in Las Vegas, please message me. I would love to hang out. Message me. This week in Newsies Niche, I had the honor of talking with my friend Barney about his kink, clown play. We talk about how he discovered this kink, how he engages in it, and some misconceptions people have about it. So put on your red nose and your big shoes as we go under the big top and learn about clown play. I knew I was turned on by clowns, like, before I even knew what sex was. When I learned what sex was, I was like, Ugh, that doesn't sound very interesting. Why... There's no clowns here. What the hell? There's no yeah. What the fuck? There's no clowns. Uh, yeah. Then I had kind of like a very confused moral panic that lasted a little while. And <laughs> please explain to me how you knew you were turned on by clowns. Like, did you go to the circus? Were you online? Please explain to me. Um, it was mostly the internet. I I think it was one of those things where they kind of bewildered me. Like as a kid. I, I saw them so rarely, but when I did, I didn't know what to make of them. And kind of the same with like costumed characters or mascots or anything like that. I, I just, they kind of just weirded me out. And I was equally, I think, mortified by the idea of being like pulled up on stage for some gag in, you know, a theatrical production or anything like that, but also kind of secretly wanted it to happen um, and wanted to be wanted to make people laugh and wanted to be confident being silly and goofy in front of other people. And I, it, I, I don't know, I think it just turned from being kind of weirded out by clowns to then just fascinated and like Googling pictures of clowns and just being mesmerized. And I think that just turned into like sexuality for me. I like how it's multidimensional. You were saying how, right, you could have been phobic, it, but then it dived into, it sounds like a bit of like a humiliation kind of thing. And then you explored it more. Oh, yeah. yeah. Humiliation is kind of the core of it for me. If you look up like humiliation kink stuff, uh, that always really bothered me because like, what you'll find is very, very different to the kind of humiliation that I'm after, which is sillier, goofier, you know, kind of being the butt of the joke, being laughed at, you know, as if, you know, by a crowd or something like that. Um, so, you know, pies in the face and slapstick as opposed to, uh, you know, being spat on and pissed on and called a bitch or whatever, which is kind of what, uh, I, I found when originally I started looking and I was like, wow, this isn't what I want. I guess I'm still trying to wrap my head. Paint the picture for me. How old were you and what were you looking up on the internet that led you down to looking up clowns? Because I don't remember ever looking up clowns as a kid. And so I'm just kind of trying to wrap my head around it. Paint me the picture. It was one of the first things I Googled because I already knew that I already had this fascination and I just had to see more i just had to see pictures i just had to understand it was the first clown picture that you looked up a sexual clown or was it your typical clown picture yep 
typical circus clown and that for me was is like very sexy that to me is like very sexual i've never really been a, a, attracted to the things that most people would quote unquote consider like sexy uh it's always to me been about like the ridiculous costume and the bulbous big red nose big shoes big belly whatever it is like painted face that like heightened ridiculousness that has always been the thing that's been a real turn on for me and so clowning is then eventually in like my early 20s the humiliation side of it is what eventually got me into abdl so are we saying that the more more ridiculous the clown outfit you know the bigger the nose the bigger the shoes the crazier the hair more the turn on for you absolutely yeah absolutely and when you're in this clown space how ridiculous do you get pretty ridiculous i i mean i think i had such trepidation you know it's it's a long road kind of accepting this part of myself so i the first few times i met up with people i think i was still quite reserved and and really nervous and uh i think like with any headspace you really need to have uh a good net of trust around you you really need to feel comfortable and safe to just let go and even more so with clowning it's also like you know we're here to be silly and goofy talk to me about getting into the headspace you know for being an abdl getting into into that headspace is kind of rooted in in a memory right like we all have a an idea of what it is to be a kid and we and you know um people that are into piss play right we we piss every day so it's not that hard to kind of get into that headspace how do you get into a clown headspace if that is something that you know most people don't usually do on a daily basis props and costumes really like i definitely i would say like the transformative element it's a bit like i guess it's a bit like um doing something like drag like once you completely transform yourself and you see yourself in the mirror the rest of it kind of comes and or like just slipping on a pup hood even immediately makes me feel different and it's the same thing with with putting on a clown nose or putting on big shoes uh that's always the way that like immediately gets me into the headspace but again it it's like all kinks you don't need to have all the props and the elements Talk to me about that because what happens if let's say I wanted to get into clown play and of course I don't have any of the the stuff to do it. How do you how do you clown around when you don't have that stuff? The big red nose or the big shoes. How do you how do you begin that? That was my life really for until I left home. I I would like um steal little bits and bobs, put little costume p- bits together. Um, just anything that made me feel silly. Like I remember I had um, like a prop policeman's hat and like uh, somewhere along the line, I, I ended up with a with a rainbow wig and stuff like that. I just, anything that I could do. Oh, you know, um, the, the red wax that baby bells are concealed in? Do you have baby bells in America? I don't know what you're talking oh. about. <laughs> Oh, it's a cheese. It's like a little oh, round. Oh, yeah, yes, yes, yes. It's, you know what it, I mean? It, yeah, it's cheese within the wax thing. Yes, I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would take that red wax and form it into a clown nose. 
because I didn't, I didn't have one, get whatever you can and go from there. And if you like it and you really get into it, then, you know, build on it. When you met up with, because we were just talking before this interview that you met up with a friend recently is is that kind of like the introduction when you when you have an experience with another clownster is like is putting on the nose the equivalent of like putting on a diaper that's like the beginning oh, yeah. of the play totally yeah absolutely the nose the nose for me is like such a core it's my favorite part um there's just something about it that's so i guess because it's on your face and you can't ignore it and it's so ridiculous mm -hmm. um yeah i just i love uh yeah nice all right so so you so we've gone over that your first experience of it was looking up clown pictures you obviously knew that you were turned on by this where what was your first experience like meeting another clownster <laughs> yeah it took me a while to actually meet anyone in person because I don't know I was, I was really nervous about actually doing anything in like I would I would do like a lot of cam sessions a lot of stuff over Skype and things like that and also because the only people I could find were actually quite far away from me um it really helped to kind of put that distance that boundary uh but yeah I I was training to be an actor. So I just kind of, I just kind of accepted that I would bury this part of myself. I would have like my real life and then this secret kink life. Mm -hmm. And I completely bifurcated my whole life uh, that way. And so it wasn't until early last year that I actually met up with someone for the first time and him and I had fallen out uh, during the pandemic because we have been talking for 10 years almost. Wow. And yeah, we, like we had phone calls, we long messages, we'd shared pictures, we'd cammed, we'd done all the stuff. We at this point knew each other quite well. And there's several people like that I have that same relationship with because I started talking to people in you know my late teens and I've just kept in contact. Um, and yeah, I, I just didn't want to meet. I was so afraid of uh, getting blackmailed, I suppose. I, was, I, I don't know. I was so afraid of, of this secret that I had coming out and jeopardizing my life somehow. Uh, and and it, that actually happened to a friend of mine, his boyfriend, and like went on his clown Facebook, like found his clown Facebook with a friend of his. Mm -hmm. um and like they showed showed it to people and i remember that happening to him and thinking that is the most terrifying thing i could possibly imagine happening cut to now where he says oh yeah like i'm actually i'm actually still friends with him and it, it turned out to not be a big deal like it's just a mildly interesting anecdote sometimes but no one really cares no one really cared no one really remembers it just I was so if the worst thing that I could imagine happening is that somebody told my family what I was into and I was embarrassed I think I'm doing okay and I think anyone that would leverage that against anyone like that's the person it'll reflect badly on 
and mm -hmm. there's no one in my life who wouldn't be accepting. Uh, I just, I just, I didn't see anyone growing up who told me that this was okay. I didn't see anyone modeling like um, any kind of self-acceptance towards something so out there. And I kind of resented the kinksters that were visible because I felt like I, I didn't even fit in with them. You know, I saw the pups and I was like, ugh, that's, that's, that's like so normalized, like nobody's gonna be into what I'm into. And turns out I couldn't have been more wrong. Everyone wants to try it now. Right. So, so, so you've talked to this person for over 10 years because you're having this duality in your head of, you know, I don't want to be outed. I could be outed. This could be bad for me. And then you finally met up with that person. What was it like to meet up for the first time? What did you do? <laughs> we went to this town and, you know, we got to know each other and, um, it was, it was like a nice little getaway. Um, it was, it was really brilliant. Like it was amazing to finally get to be in the same room. And there was already like so much history between us. It didn't feel as if, you know, there was anything missing. It was, it was as if we'd already done it. It really just felt completely normal and actually getting fully clowned up and playing was just yeah incredible uh what is what does that mean clown play like you know when you meet up with other diaper boys or diaper kiddos it, you know that it means uh putting on a diaper and soaking them you know when you're in pup play it means putting on the mask what does it mean to clown play um i mean exactly what it says on the tin just being a silly clown slapstick routines goofing around I, I play with pies sometimes uh sometimes I, I i tie a guy up with squeaky balloons um i i babied guys to circus music uh lots of yucking and honking and uh tip for tat like kind of slapsticky stuff mm -hmm. tying each other um you know sometimes just putting on uh, a big red nose and some doofy clown shoes, um, uh, you know, for, a, or, or then adding something else into it, like some pup gear or a diaper and having a hump is, you know, sometimes that's enough. Um, embarrassment's my whole thing. So like the goofier, doofier, uh, sillier, funnier, more humiliating, the better. What's the most humiliating thing you've done? in while clowning around um oh my god um <laughs> i've had uh air pumped up inside me and then the farts squeezed out of me um that, <laughs> that was the contender um i mean being pied is 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 always kind of uh a good one especially because guys that are into pies uh come up with more and more creative ways of uh, making that humiliating. Um, like this guy absolutely destroyed me with pies. Um, you said that then... so sexually, I was kind of turned on for a sec. He destroyed me with pies. 
it was, uh, yeah, it was really hot. And he then uh, patted me as well. Would you say that clown play and ABDL go well and go well with each other? Totally. Well, because I came into ABDL from a humiliation standpoint. So for me, you know, originally ABDL was like a complete turn off. It, I wasn't into it at all. Mm-hmm. And then one day uh, a clown made me call him daddy. And I was like, oh, oh okay. Yeah. I can get behind that. And then I thought, well, oh, like inflatable diapers that like force you to waddle. That's really embarrassing. That's, that's kind of cool. And I thought, oh, actually like the rest of, I guess like, you know, big dummies and baby clothes, that's pretty humiliating. And then I, I tried a nappy for the first time and originally I didn't like to wet in them. Uh, but then when I did, I was like, oh, wow, this, this, this is brilliant. Uh, and then I went to my first ABL event and came away with like a ton more kinks. Uh, I had never worn for that long. Uh, I like was made to sniff diapers. I had my pee rubbed on my face. These are all things that like I thought would be complete turnoffs. I wouldn't like at all. The smell of pee like was a turn off when I arrived <laughs> and mm-hmm. a huge turn on by the time I left. Um, so I, I, I think they go, for me, it's just natural that, that they go hand in hand. It's very rare, actually, that I will engage in ABDL play that has no clowning element. Um, and kind of same for m- most of the stuff I'll get up to. I, I really like combining them. So like, if I'm going to you know, engage in any kind of bondage. I want it to be silly. Like, you know, I've tied people up with um, a string of handkerchiefs before and uh, like um, there's modeling balloons, you know, the long ones that like Mm -hmm. twist, like twisting balloons. Those are great to like tie people up with. Um, And there's all kinds of things. I also feel like it lends itself to putt play a lot because the headspace I think is very similar. Like when two pups get together and they're just mucking about and being silly and bouncy. And uh, that to me is just like what, what clowning is. It's just kind of goofing around. So I, I, I like mixing them. I originally, when I started exploring each, I, I kept them very separate, but. Now, now you mix them together. Yeah, they all come together. And like, we all, it's funny to me how we all, come from our own unique niche but then you start trying other people's kinks and you like them for your own reasons and then they all kind of blur together like I feel there's so many people that have now gotten into clowning but came at it from a completely different place right it's interesting how all kinks in themselves overlap and how you can find a different kink by going they're like doors right mm-hmm. like you can just go yeah. through different doors and eventually you'll find another kink and you're like oh i didn't know those doors were connected mm-hmm. but very interesting yeah i i everything that i've said was a hard limit i have since gone on to do and loved so i'm almost a bit afraid of what i'll do what next. else you'll find yeah <laughs> so it sounds like clown play is a very humiliating childish kind of thing does it get sexual or does it, or does it, or, oh, yeah. or does, oh, it does. Oh yeah. I mean, for me, I, again, I, I think 
it doesn't always have to be humiliating. I think for a lot of people, it can be a lot of what putt play is, which is like the freedom, the like reckless abandon. You don't have to think. You can turn your brain off and you can be doofy and hilarious and just have a good time. And Or like ABDL, you know, you can just switch your brain off and not think like an adult. Um, but for me, it's always been very sexually charged. I'll have to try it uh what about misconceptions right i feel like with any kink there's always a misconception that gets wrapped with it what are some misconceptions of clown play to be honest clown play is, is still like it hasn't really uh permeated the zeitgeist yet so i don't think there's a lot of misconceptions about it i think a lot of people that have like that I've spoken to about it who really went into it the only thing that's come up is they have assumed it's some type of fear play mm -hmm. because a lot of people are actually afraid of clowns and uh they assumed that that was the angle I was going for that it would be frightening and, and scary and horrifying or like that I would like show up and and, and mess with people um which play consists only of consenting acts right so there's no, right. there's no world in which you know that's happening um that's kind of the only thing really that i've encountered uh that people have, have been like oh like do you dress up like it or like the joker or you know mm -hmm. is it is it meant to be kind of horrifying which for some people uh it is but uh it's just really fun it's just really silly and stupid there's nothing serious about sex anyway so why not have fun and get weird with it weirder the better weirder the better you brought up the joker has has the joker and you know we had the christopher nolan heath ledger joker we now have mm. the new joker and this new batman has that affected the kink in any way what i think it's done is it's affected clowns in general in popular culture i think it's there's been a bit of a resurgence where people are more desensitized to it because it's things like the Joker. I mean, both Joaquin Phoenix and Heath Ledger have basically made that character very cool mm -hmm. and a Halloween icon. So especially actually the most recent one, because because he actually has a red nose, which the Joker has never had. Um, so I really like that. That's the thing I always thought was missing from the Joker. So we've talked about how it took you a long time to finally meet up with someone. If someone's discovering this kink, what allowed you to finally accept yourself? What would you, what would you tell someone who is discovering this kink and are probably having the same feelings you were having? You're not nearly as weird as you think you are. The hardest part really, I think about any road to self-acceptance is that you can intellectually know that other people in the world like you exist. You can be surrounded by those people and still feel completely alone because only when you really learn to love and appreciate and honor that part of yourself and let yourself indulge in it, let yourself, um, let yourself say, hey, I'm a clown, you know, let yourself really uh, enjoy that parts of yourself. We're not taught enough 
and this applies to any kink, we're not taught enough that um, these parts of ourselves are not just parts to not be ashamed of. These are actually really wonderful, brilliant, unique parts of ourselves. And realizing that is what completely changed my life, to be honest. I, I really resented this part of myself. I thought there was something wrong with me. I thought this was something I needed to bury, something I needed to change. Um, and knowing that that wasn't true still wasn't enough. It, it really took me uh, getting to the point where I realized, oh, actually, I love this part of myself. That self-acceptance didn't really happen for me until I had seen people embracing themselves. My first event was an ABDL event and it blew my mind just sitting there and looking around at all of these like big diaper babies just being themselves and, in, and enjoying this part of themselves and it being completely normal. And that was when I came home, quit my job, decided that this was the world I wanted to live in full time. Um, I think there just needs to be more of us modeling that kind of self-acceptance because until we see people like us and we see people like us appreciating these parts of themselves, we don't know that it's okay to. And that is kind of, I think, child logic, but you, you, you need to, you need to see it. I, it's, it's no wonder that there are so many people who just go through their lives, never enjoying these things they've always wanted to enjoy. And it's crazy to me that that at one point was the solution that I decided was what I was going to do. Um, I just didn't see anyone around me who was like me and I didn't know that I could live my life the way I wanted to. So I guess that's my long-winded version of saying that you can, it's kind of a cliche actually, but you can have it all. You can uh, have the experiences and relationships you want to have in your life and the people who have a problem with it honestly are not <laughs> worth having in your life. Right. Right. And I think that's why, you know, Twitter, Tumblr, you know, representation showing off your kink is so important, not only for you, right? Like you're able to self-express what you enjoy and that gives you, I'm pretty sure just as diapers are a mental reset for me, clowning around is a mental reset for you, right? Totally. It, I can only imagine that it teaches you not to take yourself so seriously, right? Because you're oh, looking yeah. around and everything. Mm -hmm. And so it's so important to post these pictures on Twitter and Tumblr because then someone who's thinking about it, like, oh, maybe I am alone, see your pictures yeah. and you're like, oh my gosh, yeah. I want to try it. Yeah. And every single, I mean, the purge comes for clowns a lot. There are guys who I have seen over the years, they make their profile, they delete it, they get rid of everything, they come back again. Uh, yeah, I don't know. The representation, uh, out in the world makes makes such a difference and it just makes it that little bit more okay to be yourself 
Have you had people message you and saying like, oh my gosh, I haven't, I've never met another clown. Can you please tell me more? So, so many people, so many people. It wasn't until I discovered recon, uh, which somehow I've been on FetLife since I was like too young to be on FetLife. Um, but I had somehow never heard of recon. Last year I joined within 10 days I had one of the um, like one of the guys who, who was running it message me and was like, oh, would love you to write an article. This is super interesting. And I've only just written it because I was way too shy at the time. Um, but like pretty much every day for months or like every other day, something like that, I would get a message and it would either be, I've always been into this. Um, I can't believe, you know, there's someone else. And their profile will have nothing to do with clowning. It'll always be some other king. Mm-hmm. Um, or people would just say, wow, I never even considered that. But now I, 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 I've just got to try it. Um, so, so, so many people. And then so many people as well who are just like, oh, yeah, never thought about that. I'll give it a go. And now I love it. I've got like a bunch of new <laughs> recruits. Um, over the past few months, I've, I've amassed a little, a little clown army. <laughs> Wow. Converted several guys. Just converting um, people into clowns left and right. I know. Which is also really fun. Like there's th- that transformation element is uh anyone with a with a with a transformation kink, I think, would really appreciate that. Like looking in the mirror and seeing something else, like turning someone else into a clown is, is so much fun. What is like a a bucket list item when it comes to clowning that you're like, I still need to do this and it's on my to-do list that I really want to experience. Oh, I, well, one, I, I really want to make a clown event happen. Um, but the, the fantasy is having a group of, of, of clowns and um, like doing something where like I, I really want to get ganged up on by like a bunch of circus clowns. Um, that sounds terrifying. <laughs> but to you, that probably sounds really hot. Gang banged by yeah, a group really of clowns. Hot. Yeah, like as in, uh, you know, being tied up and tickled and humiliated and pied and made fun of and laughed at and fucked and yeah. Have you never have you never been with a group of clowns? Is that not a thing? No. I, well, it's just it's been hard. Like I've never been able to get more than one in a room. Right. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. And that's and it goes back to that whole importance of like telling people what you're into so that you can mm-hmm. pick them out, right? Like we have yeah. so many pup events and we have and diaper events are slowly making their way into reality where there's like, you know, yeah. more than ten in a room. Wow. Well, I really hope for that for you. Yeah. <laughs> well, so do I. Just got to make it happen, I guess. You just have to make Can't, it happen. Yeah. Can't just sit around and hope it will. So for like ABDLs, right? The fantasy is to be babied 24-7. But you can't be a professional baby, right? Like you can't just sit around all day and not do anything. But there are professional clowns is that an aspiration for 
I'll call them clownsters, is to be a clown professionally? For some people, I think... Okay, this is actually quite a hot-button topic at the moment because I know a lot of clowns who are just as into the art of clowning um, as they are the, the kink side of it. And a lot of them have very much felt like they could only have one or the other. And if they're going to be a professional clown, then, you know, the kink kind of has to go. It has to be this, you know, somehow that has to uh, no longer exist um, and vice versa. And so I, I just think that shouldn't have to be the case. Um, there are so many, well, because think about it as well, like how many times in, you know, it, especially clowns who, you know, are like, traveling or um like the ringling clowns were they just lived on that train uh traveling around the states it must just be you know an occupational hazard you, you do stuff and makeup whatever um for how many is it more than that or does it become more than that and it it was funny to me to get responses online from the so to slay clown i got messaged by a couple of ringling clowns as well formal ones um, who, you know, saw my art and, and, and said, wow, that's so cool. Or that's so hot. And, oh, I recognized, you know, who's it's, you know, you drew their, their makeup. And I thought they would, if anything, be kind of offended, you know, that I'm kind of bastardizing their, their art. Um, but no, they just, they thought it was really cool. And I don't think one detracts from the other. Um, I definitely have become a lot more interested in, the artistic theatrical side of, of clowning. Um, and, you know, like you can clown around for adults and it doesn't always have to be kinky and it doesn't always have to uh, be, you know, vanilla. Um, I, I, I don't see why it, it couldn't be both ways. There are definitely people who, uh, for whom this is all they, they, they wanna do. They wanna be a pro clown. Um, and a kinky clown, I happen to know um, of one such person who is is very very guarded, and I completely understand and respect why. Because the tricky thing about it is, it would be easy if you know being a clown was like any other profession, but unfortunately, most of the time it's it's directed towards families and kids, and so you know, there's... Is that a tricky I, I subject? Really, yeah, like, I, I really sympathize because because they're different things. I mean, it's like anything. It's like, you know, um, you can enjoy something in more than one way, and the context in which you are performing, you know, is, is completely different. If you're performing in front of a, a crowd, um you know, families, that kind of thing. It's, it's completely different from doing something, uh, you know, to adults getting up to goofy, kinky stuff uh, on their own. Um, but obviously, you know, not enough people would see that difference. And I think, yeah, it's, it's hard to. Right. It almost comes down to in, in, intention, right? Like, 
you know, yeah. you brought up how, you know, the professional person, their intent is to entertain, where right. when you're clowning around, your intent is to be go goofy and humiliated, and that's the turn on, and then that's where the kink comes into play. Right, yeah. ABDL, you know, is no stranger to the negative associations that people very ignorantly assume. Um and I think it's the same with clowning because because it's seen as as such a traditionally you know uh, children's entertainment. Um, but yeah, I, I there's I wish I could be a, a, a full time <laughs> clown um, and just yeah live that life. There, there was so many times in my life where I, I didn't know if I just wanted to be a clown and uh that's why i was so <laughs> into it um and maybe if just being a clown would actually mean it it became more of a you know a professional thing than than a sexual thing but i don't know that's 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 not an easy job no probably not let's turn now really quickly before we end let's turn now to your artwork because oh, you get yeah. you do commissions and stuff do you, do. what's your, what's your favorite thing? What's your like go-to thing to draw? Um, clowns. I, I've always, I've always drawn and I somehow never realized that I could combine that with kink. Uh, and so I started out by, uh, I just, I made an Instagram and I just drew what I wanted to happen. Um, so I drew a lot of, uh, clowns actually one of my first drawings is a group of clowns uh hypnotizing and, and babying and clowning a guy um lots of clowns diapering guys that kind of thing and then from there i just started picking up commissions so um i'll draw pretty much whatever anyone wants me to draw which for the most part people come to me with their sort of sillier wackier things so it's normally abdl or pup or clown or at least like pie or humiliation mm -hmm. base. So and if they, I, yeah, if I, you, if they wanted to get a commission from you, where could they find you? Uh, I'm on Instagram uh, and Twitter under the name the Muckle Stoter. Um, I'm at T Stoter on Twitter and uh, the underscore Muckle underscore Stoter on Instagram. Very cool. And then last thing, because I've heard you say it a couple times in this interview. You brought up when you're beginning your clown play yuck and stuff like that. Is there, yuck. <laughs> how do you do it? <laughs> um, well, it's like, like sound it out, like, like H Y U C K, right? It's like, yuck. Yuck. I did it. Did I do it? Yeah, you did it. Yeah, you totally did it. I did it. <laughs> there you go. You're All right. I'm a clown now. Thank you, Barney, for coming to Newsy's Nook. Thank you for having me. All right, kiddos, enough clowning around. I have a big announcement. I am leaking all over the place. I gotta go change. See ya. Bye. 
And that was Clowning Around on Newsy's Nook. I hope you're enjoying yourself this holiday season, and wherever you are, remember to be good, be safe, be yourself, and join me in Season 2 as we go under the big top. Hey there, horny listeners. We talk a lot about safety on this podcast, and that includes the importance of safe toys that are actually designed for sexual pleasure. Bunny Shop's carefully curated products are body safe and prioritize quality, aesthetics, and safety. Bunny Shop takes a boutique approach to shopping for adult toys, with a wide range from affordable gems to unique luxury items for all experience levels. What I like most about Bunny Shop is the approachability. They've created such a welcoming space, and none of it's dark, intimidating, or feels like it's gatekeeping. And if you like pink, they've got you covered. Bunny Shop also donates a percentage of all sales to a non-profit of your choice. Plus, they ship quickly and discreetly. Let go of your shyness and embrace your self-love journey with confidence. Save 20% off your order today when you use my code BIGTOP. Visit bunnyshop.com, that's B-U-N-N-Y-S-H-O-P-P-E dot com. Spelt with two P's and an E at the end. Don't be shy, let your freak flag fly.